It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely on Topic. It is Sunday, December 4th? 4th, yes. I know the date. And uh, I'm VA, of course, and I'm here with Jeff. Yo. Nick. Hi. And Tim. Hello, hello. All right. And it is, uh, man, it is a good time to be a Bruins fan. Is it not? It really is. It really is. Because three of us predicted that in some way the Bruins would lose to Colorado last night. And they did not. They, they, They emphatically did not. Resoundedly did not. So that's great. And, you know, I, I'm going to say something. I think the new quota is actually five. Because <laughs> the Bruins have played many games this year where they have scored five goals. I just feel like it's like it, I'm a little spoiled because sometimes I expect them to to win a close game. But then I expect them to just score five goals. And then <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> um. Yeah, so it's a good time to be a Bruins fan. Yesterday, I went to the old-timers game, a.k.a. the Bruins alumni. Oh, cool. Yeah, and you know why I went? Because one, they advertised it very well on Nesson. And two, because the Joes asked me right after they advertised it the first time on Nesson if I was going, and which I had just ordered tickets. So we got to go with the Joes. And Kate came along. I got to tell you, Zdeno Chara, it was his first alumni game. It was Kevin Miller's first alumni game. It was Adam McQuaid's maybe second alumni game. He said it was about a year since he actually played. Apparently it was like Miller's first time on skate since he retired pretty much, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'm going to tell you one thing right now. He went coast to coast. Hmm. He looks good. I mean, because he's under 40 and he's playing against a bunch of guys in his 50, in their 50s. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the other side, it's actually younger uh, military people. You know, like oh, okay. 30s and 40s, you know, so not the, the oldest people, people who had honestly just started taking up the, the sport of hockey a, a couple of years ago. But they were good. Of course, you know, the, the Bruins alumni, you know, they, they do not play with the same level of intensity that they did when they were playing. And it's also fun to see two goalies not play goalie. Oh, that's fun. Uh, so Razor was a forward and so was Reggie Lemelin. He was also a forward. He scored a goal. Reggie must be so. So, who was playing net then? Okay, that's very interesting. So, they have two younger guys playing net. Last, uh, yesterday it was uh, Sigi or Sigi, who is probably in his 30s or something, but he's been playing with the alumni for a while. And their e bug was the backup. There is a they have an e bug named Egan who is their backup. He's been playing with the alumni since he was 17. Oh, you know what it is? It's probably just old guys are like, no, my hips can, my hips and knees can't do that shit. <laughs> yep, yep. So like you only really see old goalies, I guess, doing the goalie thing for like Winter Classic alumni games. Maybe, maybe, but uh, because I mean, you can see really like those flyers rolled out Bernie freaking Parent for one. It's like, why didn't you guys find Hextall? His his limbs probably still work. Chevers <laughs> <laughs> has actually done some alumni stuff, which is to me is crazy because Chevers is in his. 70s i was gonna say he would be a my he would be a, a peer of bernie parents um yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, so it was fun it, lemon was just he reminded me of an old scottish terrier 
just going on and doing his thing and giving zero fucks. Okay. Because Scotties, they are very determined terriers. They're terriers. Of course they are. Right. So that's what he reminded me of. And plus he also had that, like that, that bunch of hair kind of down. (laughs) It was a beard, but it it just reminded me of a Scottish terrier beard. So that's okay. Uh, It was a lot of fun. I have not seen Big Z smile so much. He just was having a good time. Kevin Miller got penalized. It resulted in a penalty shot that resulted in a goal. (laughs) Because he he actually committed interference along the boards. Oh. It was so funny. Interference, what I presume is a non-contact game, huh? Uh, um, (laughs) That's usually frowned on. You know, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. No, there was contact. There was definitely contact, but it's not like full-on contact. You know, it's just like a little bit oh, of contact. Yeah. I mean, there there were... isn't really such things true non-contact cocky. Like there's still, you watch women, there's still, there's still hits, just, you know, incidental ones usually. <laughs> yeah. Even in women's hockey, there is, there is some contact that's allowed. You're just not really allowed to check. Definitely not to board. Right. And that, those, stu- those things happen. Frequently in in the uh, in the women's game, but anyway, yeah, Kevin Miller went to go like hit a guy uh, up, a, and you could tell like at first he was like he had to hesitate at the last minute. He was like, "Oh, okay, I can't hit that hard," <laughs> but he was speedy. He was like coast to coast. He he looked good. Um, I can't. I could not remember how. I did not remember how big Kevin Miller is. That guy is a big dude. Just his body is big. And to see him go up and back and stuff. And it was, it was just a really fun time. I, I really enjoyed it because I got to see the players that I grew up watching. Hmm. <laughs> and, and by that, I mean, yeah. Chara McQuaid. And mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Glenn was more, uh, you know, he knew, uh, I mean, Bork, Raymond Bork was there he played with his son chris you had a you had a pairing of chara and bork in the first half and then it was miller and mcquaid switching off to pair up with z and z just oh god he just looks so happy he yeah, came I and he waved to the crowd Pluto and he was saying that z's looking uh quite he's lost considerable weight because he's probably lifting less but uh, oh my god yeah he's super skinny super super that's skinny. good a lot of former players like put on quite a bit of weight fairly quickly right so like yeah. good, good, but i'm but i'm not surprised that he that he would not be one of those because Jara's chara <laughs> one i'm sure he still does a lot of stuff he rides his bike around you know i oh, think yeah, he, he said apparently the fluto piece it's like yeah Chara's like yeah i still work out a lot but i don't need to train this intense obviously i'm not going to train like i was <laughs> and he's got two little boys to to run after so good good for chara yeah the guy is just gonna sit around be a dad do whatever he wants to do for a little bit until he figures out what he wants to do and then he'll probably have his choice of jobs it'll be great and hopefully he'll be with the bruins i mean obviously his family they they bought a house in the boston area so they're staying for some period of time i think they outgrew their condo or apartment in in cambridge so but they actually live in a house now so yeah so that's good so, yeah, it was just, it was a lot of fun. I think that, uh, you know, they're obviously, those guys aren't going to play every alumni game and they're, the, the alumni, 
it's a big group of, of players that come out and play. So I was quite frankly <laughs> surprised to see Raycroft on the, the broadcast last night because I thought, oh, obviously he's going to take the day off after that because uh, Bob Beers and, and Andy Brickley would both be playing in alumni games too or or have in the past, but they don't do it on game days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to be icing yourself up after. <laughs> well, yeah, well, Raycroft is the same age as Bergeron, I think. Maybe a little bit older. A little bit older. A couple of years old. Yeah. They're, they're, they're rookie. They had the same rookie season, but, but Raycroft was uh, was drafted a few drafts earlier. Right. So, yeah, you know, still spring chicken in terms of alumni age. Yeah. Yeah. But, True, but his career has also been over a decade. So it's, it is different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, last season was playing in the Italian League. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well anyway, you know, that's what you do when you want to play the game and you love the game. So I, I get it. But yeah, it was a good time. Uh so I just wanted to start out talking about that. Oh, the best thing though was that Z tried to do the Michigan. Oh <laughs> <laughs> let's have a good laugh about that. Because first of all, if he raises his stick to like his hip level, isn't it already playing with a high stick? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's gonna be real hard for like a lacrosse goal must be impossible if you're a giant because it's because yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> no, I imagine it wouldn't. It, it, it didn't work, but it was it was fun to see him try. And and you know, of course, this is like as uh Joe told me, he's like, Yeah, the officials in these games, because he's done these games with the uh, the Rangers, right? Uh the Rangers old timers. Oh, that's uh, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He's like, we're told in these games to, you know what? If it's if it's offside, but it's close enough, don't call it. Just don't call it. And I just told Joe, I'm like, well, obviously the refs are there so that the players feel like they're in their natural habitat. <laughs> and I yeah. expect the, the officials to do too much. Yeah, so it was a fun time. I'm glad to see the, the retired players having a good time. I mean, even McQuaid had a huge smile on his face. And uh, I got to tell you, Andrew Alberts, I didn't even know he was playing defense because he was so in the other zone all the time. So apparently he's stuck around in the area. I, I got to tell you, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really surprised that the, the players who have come to play college athletics in the Boston area even if they have played with the Bruins and then gone on to other teams and stuff, they, they, a lot of times they come back. It's because Alberts is from Minnesota originally, but he's still in the area. He coaches kids hockey hmm. as one of the many things that he does, you know, because there was, there were kids who were like uh, cheering him on for, you know, coach Alberts. So that was really cool. But yeah, he went to BC. Well, Paul Perry is now a volunteer assistant coach with, um, uh, BC, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, yeah, I don't think he's originally from the area, but he was, you know, maybe he went to school here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just something that that's really special about it for whatever reason, you know, they, they go to school here. They like the Boston area, you know, and, and they stay, I think it's because Boston's kind of a manageable city and it, it's like in, in, in Massachusetts is not too huge. So you can live out in the suburbs and make it to Boston and have that, that, bit of excitement and like you know city feel big city feel without it being a an overwhelming goliath like uh, new york city so i don't know i i find it very interesting i would love to do a little more research on it talk to former players 
and see what they, uh, you know, what it is about the area. It's, it's really cool to me. But anyway, enough about that. We've got current Bruins to talk about. And so far, the Bruins have played two games in the last week, which seems, gosh, you know, why? <laughs> What's going on with the schedule? Because this, I know that December is going to get really bad very quickly. I was going to say, it's about to, it's about to go to, to uh, hell in a handbasket schedule-wise. Um, it, it always does before Christmas. It's crazy. So, yeah, they've had a lot of downtime. And that always makes me nervous when they're going into a game after having a few days off. Right. But let's, let's talk about uh, the news on the injury front. First of all, first of all, I know how to speak. Forbert's back. He came back for the the Tampa game as we all predicted. (laughs) And Olmark, uh, his injury was just not serious enough. So he played back up in the last game and then he started last night and oh my God, I just want to say, first of all, Olmark, when he turned it on last season, like that pilot light stayed lit, did it not? Except for that blip to be uh, in the in the playoffs there. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was, it was like his first playoffs. Seriously. Ever. Yes. And you got to keep in mind the Canes were absolute wagon at home until their game seven against uh, against the Rags. <laughs> Which there was much rejoicing. well i'm not gonna fault will mark for how he played in the in the playoffs last year i expect that this year he's he's got the learning curve our our related frederick also came back tuesday as relevant as uh as uh oh mark because the two of them were two of the best players last night (laughs) oh yes 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 i forgot about frederick frederick being out thank you for covering me on that one because I didn't really look up shit. I just kind of wrote shit down. <laughs> now, if we want to talk about games, I did not watch Tuesday's game. I'm sorry. I tried. I did. Okay, good. I did I'm, as well. I am very glad that other people have watched the game and, and I didn't. So you can tell me all about it because I I have some, some glimpses, but only stuff on paper. Yeah, I, I had to go see a drag queen Christmas special so it's it's kind of our thing as you do as we as we do it's our new holiday tradition we go to see at least one drag queen holiday special and it was fabulous and i enjoyed it you know so for those if there is a crossover of drag queens and and hockey people Mm -hmm. like me it had jinx monsoon the queen of all queens in there so you know jinx and dela is it was a solid show it was very funny anyway Tell me about the games, guys. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to let you tell me. So um, the big story Tuesday would be Taylor Hall. Holy fuck, yeah. Who seems to have embraced the um, uh, being third line left wing. Well, yeah, he did say he doesn't care what position he's in. Is, uh, if he can help the team win, that's what he's going to do. And so. honestly, like putting them, putting them up against third line competition, that's just unfair. <laughs> it's true, too. It is, but it, it's nice to see that he's finally getting that chemistry with Charlie Coyle, huh? Um, on a related note, we'll get to this. It also, um, him moving down, moved Frederick to his off wing, which seems to have had a similar effect to moving DeBrusque on his off wing. Yeah! What the hell? Yes. Just, it just it's, it relates to the Hale Hall thing. It's the only reason I brought it up. And I'm not, I'm not prepared to talk about Frederick Gix. Frederick's game on Tuesday actually wasn't spectacular. But he was, you know, he'd, he'd just been off two games, a little injured, so it's fine, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Taylor Hall, a great early, early goal from your boy. 
Yeah. Ready, actually. Uh, <laughs> Yay. And that held for the first period. That's great. That's great. Uh, Swayman was in net. Again, Swayman seems to be getting into the groove of things since he came back from his injury. Not like how he was before the injury, because yikes. Yep. But also, I hope that the team has just kind of solidified their defense a little bit more because they don't help him out in those situations. And yes. Only get goal he gave up was a, a Stamkos power play goal. And like uh, Stammers, one of those, one of three players, you do not give the puck at the top of the, uh, of the circle. Because the because the Ovechkin spot is also the Stamkos and, and Pasternak spot. <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of it, it, it. I can I can speak. I have words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that goal. I'm like, oh yeah, um, he's uh, really good at those. <laughs> it's like right, right. Still, Steven Stamkos. Yeah, <laughs> the Bruins penalty kill, even with Forbert back, has not been uh, as good as it was very early on the season. I think he's still going to take a little bit of time yeah. for forward to get back in because he missed how many weeks? Four weeks? Yeah, well, yeah, he missed 10 games because he was on LTIR, right? So mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's an eighth of the season, guys. Yeah, I think that was Stamkos's 999th career point, if I'm... Yeah, mistaken. and I found myself after that, things like, oh, they're going to throw him a bone. They're going to they're gonna throw him a bone, aren't they? Or, 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 the, or, the, or the Bolts were going to go nuts trying to get him that thousand. It didn't work out for the for the bolts at all. Ah, uh, too bad. I'm gonna squeeze out a tear for them. Because um, <laughs> uh, early in the second, in the third rather, the second unit power play, a uh, left shot of Palooza here because it was um, uh, Hall from Zaka and Felino. Really nifty play from Felino there. Like I mean, Felino made that goal happen. <laughs> he's he's getting flicky with it. Just as we all predicted at the start of the season, of I course. definitely wasn't shitting on him heavily. In my predictions, Uncle Nick, Uncle Nick is is like rising again, and it's a beautiful thing. That the vibes, guys, the vibes are through the roof, and he's part of that. He's an enormous part of that. <laughs> he is an enormous part of that. I mean, from smelling Jake DeBrusque a little too closely to see how his her cologne smells, to his insistence that candy corn is good. And then, like, just saying, oh, yeah, you doubt me? Look at what I can do on the and ice. His uh, continued uh, participation in the, the goalie hugs, even with swimming back. Because mm. um, uh, did you see that last night? Okay, we're not talking about this game yet, but he came in and swooped in and hugged Omar before the goalie hug. <laughs> oh, he always does. Yeah. He always does. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, he's always the last guy to hug before the goalie hug. Which is great. It makes me so happy. Like you even see Swayman, Swayman is standing there impatiently waiting for for for, 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 for <laughs> to get it out of the system. And it's like, come on, come on! I got, I got, I got some theatrics to do here, guys. <laughs> I gotta tell you though, like if I'm standing around waiting for a hug, if Uncle Nick's gonna come in and give me a hug, I'm not gonna say no, right? Oh no, I'm not saying Omark was standing there awkwardly waiting. Omark was busy with hugs. Swayman was the one standing there awkwardly because he was the backup last night. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, hey, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I did see the goalie hug on Tuesday, by the way, because that was fantastic. Was that the one they added to it? Oh, they, oh, bit? yeah, yeah. They, they, you know what? There are times that they, they add stuff to it. Yep. So, yeah, it's just, oh, God, it's so wonderful and joyful. And I love it. Oh, it was like, it kind of reminds me a little bit of 2018 when the Red Sox did their dance, their outfielders would dance with each other after each, like they would do some dance moves after each win in the outfield. 
and it became like a huge thing and it propelled the Red Sox to a World Series that year. The goalie hugs just remind me of that. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm hoping it has a similar effect. Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, can I tell you, p- people stick around to watch the goalie hug. Not everybody. Those other people are, are like the kind of people who are leaving in the beginning of the third period because they want to escape the parking or the traffic which i say if you're at a game you know and and you park especially if you park at the garden i know it's expensive but hear me out if you park there and then go and do stuff before the game and stuff it all works out put some polar seltzers in your car and they'll cool down and then you can enjoy a wonderful polar while you're waiting for traffic to resolve that's what i do anyway Polar should be a sponsor. I got to tell you, people stick around for the goalie hugs. It is the most joyful thing. Bruins, they caught on early. Like everybody loves this and it's great. It's not like obnoxious, like some of the certain other teams, uh, sticky theatrics. Like Carolina. Yeah, fuck <laughs> that team. Like honestly, like for the longest time, I'd had no strong feelings about that team, except maybe slightly positive ones because they used to be the Whalers. But like seriously, fuck the care, fuck the game so much. I'm just so tired of them, and I hate how much the internet loves them, despite the fact that they make heel turns at every possible opportunity. <laughs> I also hate the Canes, but looking back on, on it with a kinder eye, I think it's fun to sh- throw something for the fans, to do something for the fans. But you know, I think that there's a way to do it where you're not you're not showboating and you're not being an asshole about it. And I think the Canes towed that line and sometimes went into the other line their twitter account has definitely gone over the line i have them muted oh i'm pretty sure i do too yeah 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 or i i don't have a lot of nhl i'm uh my team's muted but definitely them <laughs> yeah so i actually have one team muted and it's the st louis blues <laughs> that too oh, well, that we'll, get too. To, we'll get to the matter of the blues in a bit too because uh also oh, yeah. fuck these guys yeah <laughs> So basically, I think like you can do it in a way that is like respectful. And that was something that they were talking about with last night's game, how the Bruins celebrate without being jerks about it. So well, exactly. There's no victory dance about the goalie hug. It's just like, hey, good job, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It's just like, hey, I am so happy for you. Again, a win for you is a win for me. And, you know, it's like. Um, there might be a competition there, but I think that Ulmark has basically solidified that he is the number one. And Swayman is like, he's the best guy ever. It's fine. Swayman's still a young guy. He still has stuff to to learn through playing the game. So why would he be upset being the backup? You know, especially when they have such a great relationship where it's like, it really is a a good friendship. You know, I don't know if there's a mentorship there or not. You know, I know that Tuka Rask is still around in some capacity and whether or not he's mentoring Swayman, I don't know. We'll see. I think that uh, if you enjoy uh, good things, then you enjoy the goalie hugs. There you go. Um, oh, Swayman's post to post say uh, like save on Corey uh, Perry in the, <laughs> the Tampa game. If anyone's wondering if uh, Swayman's legs are feeling okay after his uh, injury that 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 slide proves it yeah yeah oh it's so satisfying to do it against Corey fucking perry that Corey dick. perry 
It was a one-timer save with Corey Perry on his off wing, which is like the side you want to be on for if you can crawl and get the one-time shot off. That's the side to be on. No. Swayman made the save. With his toe. With his toe. My heart stung a little bit. Well, it's good. It's good to beat the uh, Bolts twice in eight days, huh? Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah. I wish the Bolts could have completely beaten the Leafs last night, but no, they had to go to overtime and give the Leafs a point. Whatever. All right, let's talk about last night's game, guys. Okay, so it's supposed to be appointment hockey, right? Best team in the league against the defending Stanley Cup champions. And, well, the Avs were not good. They are dealing with some injuries. They had a setback with Josh Manson, right? Yeah, but, like, there aren't, with the exception of um, uh, of um, uh, of Landeskog, they're not missing anyone, like, truly critical. True, true. They still have they they they, they have McKinnon and Rantanen and um uh, and uh, and Taves and Makar all playing. Do you think they moved on from Darcy Kemper a little too soon? Yes. Yes. Big yes. Apparently, Jurkiev's actually having a good season so far, but they played Frankus last night, and that didn't go so well for them. No. Well, I mean, first of all, at least they got the memo to bring their home colors to play against the Reverse Retros, so that's good. You'd think the teams would start refusing because, like, clearly, like, uh, there's some sort of, you know, Samson's beard effect on these reverse on these Bruins reverse retros. Oh yeah, they <laughs> they don't lose with the reverse retros. <laughs> yeah, but you know, teams they just they're not doing that. But that's okay; they can keep not doing it. It's fine. I mean, it also didn't. I mean, mind you, not bringing their 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 homes didn't enforcing in the, the issue didn't uh, work out for uh for um. The Canucks. The Canucks, but the Canucks are bad. So. Right, right, right. Last night, all I could think of is like, they should have kept Kemper. And I know they didn't want to pay him, but Fran- Francois was not, Francois or whatever his name is. He he is not, not the goalie. Uh, and I know they got Georgiev from, from New York, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, it's curious that they decided not to, to, to play him, but whatever. It worked out for the Bruins and the Bruins just like decided pretty early that they were going to win that game. <laughs> like there was no doubt. They were just like, yep, let's go. Let's talk about Freddie. Freddie's on his offside now. Right. And um, he scored two goals last night. Yeah. First more time. Importantly, all over the ice. Yes. Dominant possession, dominant, um, uh, um, uh, dominant on um, uh, scoring chance share, just all over the place, actually playing with the kind of power that, that they were expecting to do. Like, you know, the hope that he would turn into a, in, into a, a meaningful power forward, not, you know, necessarily a Tom Wilson, because saying trying to get a Tom Wilson is, is sort of, is sort of tropey at this point, but, uh, mm. but he was good. Like, his best game of hockey ever. And again, mm-hmm. even if he hadn't scored, it would have been. How much do you think this is like coach Montgomery having like a lot of faith in him? Like it became known early that uh, he, he really likes Freddie. It, it maybe it's that St. Louis vibes kind of thing going on because, you know, Montgomery spent like the last two years there. Um, he could have grown to know the Fredericks in some way because 
Fredericks are part of the, the hockey community out there, not necessarily with the Blues, but the greater St. Louis hockey community. Well, Monty's some uh, St. Louisness extends past his his coaching time there, right? The, uh, right. So right, he's friend with the Kachucks too, who were friends with Fredericks. <laughs> so again, this is uh, Montgomery taking the young player, uh, believing in that player, and making him perform in a way that we hadn't seen before, because it, it seems like Freddie was probably pretty stifled by Cassidy. I mean, to the point where Cassidy, like Cassidy didn't even play him in that one game that his parents went to go see him, which sucked. That's, that's up there with using Bjork in the, um, uh, in the Notre Dame uh, winter classic um, uh, promotional materials and then sending him down just before the game. Oh yeah. my God. God, yeah. Don't get me wrong; he didn't deserve to be in that game, but like that's a, that that's a fuck up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, look, I have a signed uh, Donato puck from the Winter Classic. Donato did not play in that game, right? It was like, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, hey, whatever. <laughs> it came in the to the bag. <laughs> what, what I'm wondering is, I'm like, yeah, it obviously isn't just Montgomery because DeBrusque obviously went off being moved to his right right wing on the first line way before Montgomery was hired. Do you reckon there's something about the system that seems to work well for guys on their, Nick, maybe you're the one to comment on here because you actually play, about guys playing on their offhand now because like this is not usually something that happens a lot in the league. You get your exceptions like, uh, you know, Louis Erickson, left-handed right wing. But, uh, yeah, which he was always a left-handed right wing. Uh, Samsonov, yeah. if you want to go old school, always a left-handed or, or no, he was a right-handed left wing. Anywho, so again, keep in mind, I am not a good hockey player and these NHL players are very good players. Typically when you're playing on your offside, your office should be your off wing. Defensively, it's harder because you're going to be receiving the outlet pass on your backhand. And that's and when, when someone's in your face, those defensemen bearing in on you to try to pinch in, that's harder to do. The advantage comes when you get into the offensive zone because you're on your off, off, on your, uh, off wing, you have more shooting angles. Mm-hmm. And if you can receive a pass behind you a little bit, you're like in a prime position for uh, one-timers. Yeah. So I think... What I what I really think it is for, uh, well, I guess both of these 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 players is they're playing with extremely good other. <laughs> look at the their their line mates, um, in particular. Um, actually, Jeff, I'm stealing some of your thunder with something you mentioned two weeks ago. Look who their left wings are. You have some of the best passing wingers in the NHL, mm-hmm. and so they're able to exploit that that one time situation. And I think that's really what it is. You're, 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 pairing, you're pairing a not very good passing winger on their, non, uh, on their uh, off wing with players who can get them the puck. Wings who can stretch the ice and get them the puck and they can, uh, and they can get a shot in. That's what I think it is. Um, and, and, and in particular for uh, Frederick here, coaching, I'm sure has something to do with it, but I think this is more of an internal thing for himself because he looked like shit last year. He was one of the, like, it was pointless. He was just out there doing nothing. So yeah, I think it's a mixture of things and maybe it's just a player taking longer to develop and is just now finally getting it. But uh, 
again, having uh, Hall <laughs> as your uh, line mate and now Hall and Coyle kind of learning to play off each other. Well, that just means the whole line is going to be able to play off each other better. Does it, hopefully that made sense. Uh, well, yeah. actually, I think, you, you know, that second Freddie goal, I, if I'm not mistaken, Freddie had the shot just purely because he was a left-handed yeah. playing on, on his off wing. I mean, and it was from uh, Hall and Coyle, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. It was just... No, the only downside, conceivably, I would think, is if you're playing on your off wing, um, does it impede your your abilities along the boards? Yes. Which is interesting for a player of the rest of Trent Frederick's style. Yeah, I mean, go figure. Uh, this is especially why you don't want... Typically, you don't want defensemen playing on their, their offside. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you're now on all, along the boards... If you're on your strong side, man, you get on your forehand, you're able to do something immediately with it. You have control immediately with it. Uh, uh, receiving on your backhand, um, and of course the, the viewer, the listeners can't actually see what I'm doing with my hands, but I'm like air, air playing hockey, you know, like air guitar, <laughs> air hockey. Yeah, scraping the puck with your backhand along the boards to retrieve a puck, you're going to lose to someone on their dominant side. So like it makes sense for, for DeBrusque to be good on his off wing then because like the board play is not really what DeBrusque does. Right. It's not what he's for. It's not where his talents lay. So it makes Frederick it's, – it's interesting with Frederick for me, particularly because he's become quite a strong defensive winger. Yeah. Which may be why he's able to compensate for the, for, for, for that um, uh, downside of being on his off wing. I don't know. <laughs> it's – to me, it'd be almost more of a disadvantage in the – again, it's, it's strange. On the, your outlet, defensively on your outlet passes, being on your offside is a disadvantage. Offensively, being on your offside along the boards, I think would be more of a disadvantage. When you're in, in your defensive zone, you probably have your back turned anyway uh, along the boards to get the puck out. So it's probably a moot point there. Okay. And at that point, it's more body positioning and just trying to pass it someone five feet away rather than zinging it along the boards because i think most of the time the bruins are trying to get a, either your center or your defenseman kind of back again five six feet to uh get that that, that puck out um when it's all in you know the corner in their zone anyway that's what i'm noticing of course our sample size right now uh is quite small it's not large <laughs> yeah um but i i don't i think now it's just me thinking out loud i wonder if this trend continues like is this the early signs of nhl coaches experience you know just flipping their wingers back and forth like hey if you're a center you're a center if you're a winger you play wing doesn't matter either side i mean you even see uh the bruins with set plays reversing wingers well i mean that's the thing like you certain shooting right wings wings almost always shoot for always take the end up on the circle on their opposite side right i mean mm-hmm. Pasternak shooting from that left from the wrong circle on those yeah. one timers. <laughs> That's the thing with the Ovechkin shot too. The Ovechkin shot is it's on the other, it's on the it's on yep. the right circle, right? Even though we even though he's left wing. <laughs> so I think this is just a. I mean, Cassidy did this, and of course, I think every other coach is now doing it. You position your players to succeed, no matter where they are on the ice. So some of these drawbacks that we discussed, well, you can offset that a little bit. At the face-off circle, have a set plan. Hey, we have a, a workaround for this. And uh, Monty, I get that we talk about Hall playing on the third line. 
you you know none of these lines are going to stick. The, the, which I think is the beautiful thing about the Bruins right now is how a you mix and match. A team gets used to something, not a big deal. We have a, a a third line B option, a second line B option, and then of course you have the OP overpowered line uh, as a, a thing, as a thing of last resort in the third period. I mean, uh, like, and you also have the ability to throw a grenade at everything and suddenly, oh crap, Felino's playing up three lines. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this team is really deep. I mean, like, like last night they played so well. The only reason they gave up a goal at all is because Benny Hill music ensued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, there was just a lot of like um, bad communication. <laughs> McAvoy and Felino collided. The puck burped out. Open, open shot into onto Coliano stick. Olmark had no chance. Olmark deserved the shutout last night. I bet the other guys apologized profusely after that one. Buy him a steak dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So last night was home win number 14, which is just continuing this absurd record now. We had uh, Pasta was on the verge of a hat trick. Freddie was on the verge of a hat trick. Jake DeBrus should have had a goal before, but the thing went off its moorings, the net went off its moorings. Oh, I want to talk about that because I don't disagree that it was wrong to wave that goal off, but their reason was completely off base. <laughs> okay, let's talk about it. Shot was off before the part before the net clearly was off before the net left the um left the moorings. Right. And went dead center, the moorings being off, puck being even the net being off the moorings in, in no way impacted whether or not that goal was going in. Right, it, it crossed there the line. There was definitely an argument to be made about kicking motion because that's real vague bullshit. The refs, and I, so I don't necessarily object to the goal being waved off, or rather being, being, be, be staying with the call on the ice being a no goal. But I think they waved, they, I think they, 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 they stuck with it for the wrong reasons. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, look, if you had said there was a distinct kicking motion, then that's enough. That's enough well, right there. Jack and Brick were saying it from the outset that they were, they were certain it was no goal and not for that reason. And when they called it for the mornings, they were confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, like, look, if you would have said that, I would have had no problem. But, you know, basically, okay, so you're taking the kicking emotion out of there. And yes, the net was off its, go- its moorings, but that puck went over the line anyway. It had nothing to do with the net. Yeah. It was dead center, middle of the net. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was not like it went in because the net came off its mooring. It was right in the middle. So I think that was a dumb call, but still the right call if you if you took it for the kicking motion. That's fine. It's been my understanding anytime the net is off its moorings, like the play is dead when the puck is in the offensive zone. I think that's that's the key. If the puck's leaving, they'll usually make the goalie put it back on its moorings. But they've so been the play can continue. They've been really wacky with how they've been doing things I, this year with the the net being off. I don't understand it anymore. I don't. It's just like the NHL to make like a a rule that seems pretty clear cut and dried, you know, and you're just like, okay, I understand this. And then then they put these stupid little nuances into it that make you go, okay, I have no idea what this is anymore. What is uh, you know, goaltender interference? Don't don't answer because none of us know. <laughs> we think we don't, but we don't know. Offsides. I thought I had a good idea of what offsides was, but I don't 
I can't tell that anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they so, so, so made it, uh, you know, the minutia overrules the rule. And the th- same thing is coming up with like the net being off its mooring and when a goal counts and doesn't. Well, and like there's, there is some like specific, like very timely con- confusion there because there's the matter of uh, uh, Matt Murray regularly and, puts... uh, kicking the net off the moorings all the fucking time and clearly yep. deliberately. <laughs> and you can't be doing that. You can't do that. I'll be honest with you. I don't understand anymore. And I also don't understand when a, a, a ref should uh, blow a whistle because it seems pretty clear to me that when Olmark has the puck under his body and he's spread out, maybe you should have blown the whistle, not let play go on for a few seconds after that. Mm-hmm. So he gets hacked and hacked and hacked. God, <laughs> I just sit there and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> anyway. That whole situation was dumb. It was probably the right call for the wrong reasons. And Jake DeBrus did not get his 100th goal there, but he did eventually get his 100th goal, which had to feel pretty damn good. And it was Darla's dad who shot that puck so that Jake could score that goal. So that's good. We love that. Mm-hmm. Huge rebound. Well, like, yeah. 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 Well, hey, it did the job. Mm-hmm. And and Francis did not. <laughs> yeah, like to me, I'm like, ooh, Francis, like you got to do a better job of that. So let's talk about. I know, I know, uh, there are two other things I want to talk about with this game because, okay, the Bruins won five to one. We basically just talked about all that stuff. Let's talk about Felino getting hit in the back, right? Blindsided hit, basically, and getting up. Pushing Greer out of the way, say no, 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 I got this. And oh, no, I'm gonna fuck this guy up myself. Thank you. <laughs> yes, you don't see that happen so often. But he was just like, no, 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 I got this. I got this. I'm gonna go beat up this England guy myself. <laughs> this England guy who had not been in the in an NHL game for two years. He was just like, no, no, I got it. And it's like, he was winning the the fight in the beginning. Then England was coming back, but then Felino was like, nah, fuck it. I'm taking you down. And he did. It was, it was a good draw, especially because Felino gave up three inches on the guy. Oh yeah. And many pounds, I think. Well, maybe not so many pounds because Felino is kind of a big. Yes, yeah, so I think Felino was actually listed, listed as being heavier, which to me is like, man, Felino's a, he's, he's, here's a term I haven't used in a while. Beef boy. He's a beef boy. Um, that's what I called uh, a Nick, Nick Ritchie. Well, you know, he, I think that Felino has an athletic dad bod. Yes, yes. Which well, is, uh, as do I. <laughs> which is what I would probably say uh, Phil Kessel probably has as well. No, he's, he's part of the beef boy. Oh, okay, he's a beef boy. All right. That's yeah, he's part of the beef boy crew. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kessel just defies physics. Yeah. <laughs> I, How do bumblebees fly? Defies physics, so does Phil Kessel. Yeah, I know this is insensitive this week coming after Jack basically body shamed uh, uh, Pat Maroon. But here's the difference. It seems like if you body shame Phil Kessel, everybody's okay with it because Phil actually gives no fucks. Right. Zero fucks about it. He's like, I'll proudly post with a Stanley Cup with a whole bunch of hot dogs in it. Mm. You know, fuck you, Simmons. (laughs) <laughs> or whatever, like I, I wonder if there's somewhere I should have been tonight. 
oh, well, I guess I'll just sit here watching TV with my dog. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. He's shown some wit and sarcasm. And yes, good for Pat Maroon for like trying to turn it into like a donation drive for a local group. But also, Guy, when it came down to it, what what Jack said was not that terrible. Should he have said it? No. However, no. like, um, was it Frank Cervelli is the one that made a big deal of it? And like, oh my god, that guy! Fuck that like, guy! Usually, I have no problem with him, but like, what the fuck was that? I know this is not. I know that people did this, and it's not a related thing. But also, like, Frank Cervelli tweeted out the whole Seattle roster during the the um during the expansion draft which is like i wanted to i was one of the people who just wanted to tune in and watch it you know because i was excited for seattle this is a big thing and espn was like hey we got hockey back so they did a whole thing and saravali ruined that whole thing you know so it's like i already have a beef with this guy and then don't sit there and and just basically try to play it like you haven't fat shamed somebody either by showing the picture of Phil Kessel with the hot dogs in the Stanley Cup when talking and, and about it's not a new thing in this league. I mean, like Buffalo, Kyle Wellwood. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Kyle Wellwood. I know whole if- nickname apparently among players is Fat Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Going back I mean, to his childhood, apparently, like the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby um, Ryan said that, you know, Pat Maroon's been called the big rig forever. And again, the guy's been to now, what, four straight Stanley Cups and has won three? Three of them. Yeah. So, guy, look, you're playing hockey. Who cares what people say about you? You have nothing to prove. You've won three Stanley Cups. I mean, he, that's clearly Maroon's view on the matter. <laughs> I think. He's not the one that made a big fucking stink about it. Yes, he is. is Maroon, he? Maroon's the one who came out and said, I challenged Jack Edwards to make a donation to such and such because of the comments he made during the game last night. Body shaming isn't uh, has no place in blah, blah, blah. It was Pat Maroon. Was it Phil Kessel? No, it was not. Phil Kessel doesn't care. Maroon did that only after other people made a big deal of it, though. Like I don't care. He's still making it a big deal. I don't <laughs> care. He still participated. Okay. I guess you can you can draw the fine lines that you want to on this. I'm just saying, like, dude, that's fine. Maybe you should have just it left Jack out of it and just been like, oh, okay, I'm raising funds for this because I was body shamed or something or because i also, want but to it sort of also goes to the general thing of people getting upset about jack it's just like yeah. look you know what i'm not going to defend jack <laughs> oh and i'm not going to defend jack but the people getting upset about jack for almost anything apart from the actual quality of his play-by-play and just like tired and rote and lazy it's true uh what you really need to do is uh talk about the the really terrible play-by-play he's been doing it's been bad for a couple of years now <laughs> it's been bad um in fact i was reminded this week of like a much better play-by-play guy that we had that we let go get away and he went out to vegas he had mm-hmm. he is the one with the iconic calls okay building building is vibrating bergeron bergeron, bergeron. Oh, yeah. get the duck boats ready gosher just is a way better announcer uh, play-by-play guy than just about anybody honestly 
He doesn't rub you the wrong way. He's got a great voice. He says the right things. He's engaging. He's in, he's in the, the Forsland school of play-by-play. Uh, play. Yeah. <laughs> God, I just, I do. I love and miss Gosher. And you know what? If you had the privilege of listening to him do radio play-by-play, like he described the game in a way that you could sit back and, and relax and like just mentally picture it. So, and you know what? I'm going to tell you one thing right now. I need somebody like that on TV because guess what? Not everybody who wants to watch a Bruins game is actually has the sight, the ability to see it. Sometimes you want, uh, you got to have that play-by-play guy explain what's happening, right? And Jack just fails to do that. So anyway, okay, we, we had to get that out. But I do want to talk about one other thing. And I, I know that Tim is probably really <laughs> excited to talk about this. Maybe a little yeah. upset, but Noshik got a penalty shot last night. Oh, man, I was on the verge of being so insufferable this episode if he had scored that. <laughs> and like that must have been one, during one of the stints of the game that I couldn't watch for baby reasons. Yeah, he he had a he had a penalty shot and he missed it. And it's funny, I as soon as he got it, I tweeted out, "God, please let this happen." And then after it didn't, I said, "God, why must you give me the hardest burdens?" Because <laughs> I wanted that so bad. <laughs> I wanted that so bad. I want oh. I tried to will that thing in. He was basically tripped from behind on a, a breakaway. He had a breakaway. I wanted him to make that penalty shot too, because every time that a, especially a Bruins player, anytime you're awarded a penalty shot, as long as you're not playing against my team, I want you to make it, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because it's just so, it's so rare to, to see them. So it's like, it's fun. It's, it's fun to see. So I, I was really hoping that Noshik would make it, but he didn't, but Hey, you know what? Just smile because it happened, dude. Right? I mean, I am happy it happened. Like it was it was both a highlight and a not so highlight of the game for me because like it happened, but it also didn't go the way I wanted. Right. So I'm I'm sorry it didn't happen like we wanted it to, but I I I wanted to make sure we talked about Nosha getting the opportunity. I don't know if he would have scored on the breakaway. Probably would have. Um, so maybe that makes the penalty shot not so great. But hey, like it's so rare that these things are awarded. So it's it's it was fun to see. Personally, I wanted it for Noshik. It's not that like the team absolutely needed it, you know. So it's it's good. No, I think they were up three nothing at the time, right? Uh, they were up like three one, three one, three one. That's what it was. Yeah. So. I mean, it wouldn't have made a huge difference in the game itself, but at the same time, if that had gone in, the garden might have imploded. <laughs> so maybe it's for the best. Maybe it's for the best. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Like the garden would have gone insane had that actually gone in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and so like Olmark last night, 24 for 25, 960. I didn't see what his, uh, I tried to see what his uh, current stats were last night, but uh, they hadn't really factored them in. Uh, so. I think he's at 1.93 goals against. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, it's sub two now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
interesting uh. lack of Canadian goalies uh, leading the, I guess, goals against. Uh, I was going to say the goals against Ulmark. So, so we have um, a Swede, Russian, Russian, Czech, Russian, Finn, American, American, Canadian, and Sam Montembeau, American. <laughs> yeah, that's the spectacular. Yeah, and same percentage: Swede, Finn, Russian, American, Russian, Canadian, American, American, Russian, Canadian. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah, that's okay. But in any case, he is now in the for the played seven or more games. He is the leader in league for both. Save percentage at nine thirty six. And GAA at one nine three. Oh, who was right? Yep, yep. Yep. I'm serious. I was not looking at stats like before. Like normally when I'm, I say that, I'm like, oh, I clearly was looking at stats or something like that. I wasn't. I'm like, oh, I was. But in this case, I wasn't. I went to <laughs> bed last night and I memorized that number. Wow. Because I'm cool. I'm really cool. See, I was willing to think that you just did the math in your head. Oh, that I'm, that's what I did. There you go. There you go. That's what you did. Oh, clearly, you did the math in your head mm-hmm. and you just came up with it. So congrats, congratulations. Bravo. All right. So tomorrow night, this is not a spoiler. We, we've talked about this. The Vegas Golden Knights are coming into town. So how do we feel about that, guys? <laughs> okay. I mean, I want to beat. I want to beat them. I, 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 any, I like Bruce Cassidy. I am grateful for the successes he had in Boston, but I am, I've gone full Monty. <laughs> <laughs> like, absolutely full Monty. So, like, and while I appreciate him for what he did, I'm not missing him. Oh I will God. say, in the interest of keeping the takes down to a dull roar, I want to. I want a shootout win. Oh, that way. <laughs> that way, the takes don't swing one way or the other. It's just like okay, the Bruins won the game, sort of. <laughs> well, my my take is very selfish. I'm bummed. I can't watch tomorrow night's game. Oh, because I'll be playing my own hockey game. The medieval birds of prey have their debut 2002, what the hell, 2022, 2023 uh, season. That's our, tomorrow's our first game. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't really want a strong win for either team. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm copying uh, Jeff here because you you, you know, the takes would be too strong if it's one way or the, the other in a decisive victory. It's one game. Um, although, I mean, imagine a Stanley Cup final between those two teams. Okay, now, now you let the media go wild because that'll be fun. But yeah, one game, let's simmer down now. Okay, I respect that. One, you might be able to see it again. Uh, you might be able to see a replay of it on ESPN Plus or something. I think what I might do is watch as much as I can on my phone, pause it, and then after my game finished watching. Okay. We, All right. You get a rematch um, uh, a week later. So mm-hmm. oh, that's, that's true. Uh, okay. I'm going to predict a 6 5 Bruins win. 
Reg, overtime, what? Just, uh, just overtime, overtime, overtime. So uh, a goaltending optional overtime win. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> This eight nine uh, um, final no. Seattle bullshit there. Oof. No, no, no. I I, I kind of want chaos. Give me like a five one win. Okay. Like I I want I want I kind of want I kind of want the takes. I don't know why, but I want to see them. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, first of all, I think that you know, I I, I was thinking about this yesterday. I think that one of the reasons why Cassidy didn't get the full, like, burn it down as he's leaving town media frenzy that usually happens. And it's been just quietly been trickling out how the players had been kind of mentally exhausted by him. Right. Because that was a quiet trickle uh, that happened. Um, I think it's because the, the media all respected Cassidy so much. Cause he was very frank and honest with them. And I think that's, that's wonderful. I wish the media would be a little bit better about that for the most part. Um, because, and I think maybe with Montgomery, they will because Montgomery again, will probably have an expiration date. So, um, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Um, I, I look forward to Cassidy being back. I really hope they do some video montage. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you do that with a coach, <laughs> but I hope they do something. There's with lots they... of pictures of him shaking his head after a bad, after a penalty call. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I feel like the Claude one should have just been like five minutes, five minute loop of him, of the howling Claude gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um so i i hope he gets a standing ovation because he did bring us to the game seven of a final so uh, like i look forward to him being back i have no animosity towards him but i i have moved on to wanting the bruins to win and that's i think is a healthy way to be because i was very much burning all the fuck down earlier this year as we all recall so because I was very angry. I still think the way they, the Bruins kind of fired him was, was dirty. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, they read the room correctly, like in terms of time to move on. But like, as always, this front office's methodology is fucking shit. <laughs> right. But the ultimate decision, like I said, was we all kind of were in an agreement to move on was the right call. It was the right call. I needed to see some results before I could determine that. I think that's very valid and understandable. Oh, yes. I'm going to be honest with you. I have faith and trust issues. So, you know, that stuff does not come easily to me. You know, although I always put my faith in my boys. <sighs> um. Oh, Jeff, you, you mentioned, oh, I'll have a chance to watch it, uh, watch the game next week, a week from today. The medieval birds of prey have a game at eight o'clock a week from today. So won't be watching that one either. <laughs> Although that, but that one is going to be um, a later game because it's specific time. Ooh, good point. It's right. Wait, no, no, it's, it's an eight Eastern start. Oh, damn. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
watch me just like not be able to watch. Well, actually, those are the two Vegas games, aren't they? Okay. All right. So I don't know. I don't know. So, I'm... yeah, I won't be checking Twitter. Okay. Tomorrow don't... or next Sunday. Don't. It, it'll just ruin you. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I, by the way, I forgot to say something about uh, Trent Frederick when we were talking about the uh, the other stuff because I was interested in letting you guys talk. Last night, my husband said, you know, Trent Frederick on his off wing is quietly doing good things. He's got many good aspects to his game. So that's just what I meant to say before. Hmm. But yeah, so uh, Cassidy, man, how do you think Cassidy is going to be with this game? Is he going to be just normal Cassidy or do you think he's going to have the fire to like beat the fuck out of this team? And the second question to go with that. Do you worry that Cassidy knows stuff about his former players that might make him coach this game a little bit better? I'll point out that, that never worked out for Claude. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, and Claude coached some of those guys way longer than Cassidy did. That's true. I think with like with, with football, you know, the plays are very key. Mm-hmm. So having that that knowledge is helpful. And in baseball, I imagine knowing signs is very key hockey it's a different sport it's not as 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 important so and and he didn't coach the goalies long enough to know their their soft spots that well true big one like if it was still rask it might be a different story Mm -hmm. Mm, true true he didn't have that much time with Ulmark. i okay yes i am coming about back um, i'm coming at this from a very football point of Mm view another thing about Cassidy, are we really sure he knows things about some of these players? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He knows that Derek Forbert has a dog named Darla and that he really likes her. You know what I mean? It's like, um, uh, there's reason to suggest there's a bunch of players he didn't, that he had for a long time that he did not understand. Okay. (laughs) That's valid. That's fair. But also, I think I trust. I think I would trust Monty to outcoach him at the same time. Well, it's going to be a very interesting game, isn't it? It is. It is. It is. Both coaches to me are so similar in the sense that mid-game, they're not afraid to mix things up. Um, well, I think that Cassidy mixed things up far sooner in-game play than, than Monty does. Speaking of coaching, cha- coaching style changes too, though. Something I saw Fluto mention, and now really sort of clicked. In addition to clearly some major decline happening with Craig Smith, mm-hmm. Craig Smith playing style is just completely ill suited for Monty. Oh, Bruins so- have always been a high volume, poor quality team. Mm-hmm. Smith is quintessential high quality, high volume, low quality. Montgomery emphasizes the opposite. Interesting. Mm. Smith is Smith is a blunderbuss with a stick. He's basically a hockey equivalent of a blunderbuss. Monty wants a Monty wants a high precision sniper rifle. Mm. Well, Pair that with obvious a certain amount of decline. It's part of why he's been such an exercise in futility. Okay. His shots have plummeted probably because he's trying to pick better shots, but ultimately. He's a scattergun. And so if he's just taking fewer shots, he's going to look like shit. 
All right. Well, maybe they'll find a new home for him where his style is a little bit better suited. Again, there's still the issue that there's clearly a decline on top of that, though. <laughs> and he's been injured like four times already this season. <laughs> right. Right. I don't know what's going on. He is the forward John Moore. Oh, God. Except that he was way more useful for the first two years than John Moore was ever. I'm just going to say that John Moore contract was bad from like every moment of it. That's true. Like that was signed. I'm like, what the hell? Well, it made no sense because like it was right after Grizzly had emerged as being a, as being a really great left, um, uh, left shot defenseman. So it was a vo- big vote of no confidence in Grizzly. Mm-hmm. And then Grizzly's like, fuck that. I'm going to prove that I'm the one that belongs in the lineup over this, over this chud. <laughs> and I thought that they signed him purely because they were expo- going to expose him, you know, during the expansion draft or something. I don't know. I never understood it from the beginning. I just was like, okay, this guy. <laughs> Whatever. He had, he had great, uh, in this say, he still has uh, great eyelashes. Oh my God, those eyelashes are wasted on him. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful eyelashes. And Man. He has a delight to watch skate, technically. Mm-hmm. Oh, really about the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. Uh, by the way, Tim, I wanted to tell you that this month's poster boy for December on the Pups and Pucks calendar or Pucks and Pups, I don't know what it's called, is Eric Hella. It makes me Aww. sad every time I walk by it. But that man, when the Bruins and the Devils go against each other, that is going to be fantastic hockey. Anyway, yeah. So didn't understand the John Moore thing. And uh, I guess he's somewhere in the Nevada desert or something. I don't know. Oh, no, we still we still Anaheim property, but, you know, he's sort of. OK, well, he's off to the wind. Trade never happened. That trade never happened. Remember, he was sent to he, they tried to send him to in, in that in that the uh, next uh, the, the Donoff trade. Mm-hmm. Was, uh... Yep. That. Yeah. OK, I forgot uh, that he's with the gulls maybe i don't know i uh, know i think is he in the gulls or is he like lti retired or, or, or is he robodost uh, i don't know um, he's bigger than i remembered him being he was 6'2 like 215 wasn't he nhl has him uh yeah like six at six three but yeah that's still it's a big it's a big guy um, yeah he's just kind of he he exists somewhere Injury, concussion, expected duration unknown. He has not played this season. Oh, wow. Sometimes I just have to wonder if they're like, hey, you have a concussion. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, like, you know, he didn't play for either of their clubs last year either, right? Mm -hmm. He played a total of 18 games last season, five the season before, 25 the season before that. Oh God! When you do it that way, the contract looks. Ex- oh, uh, 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 what seemed like a a pretty good contract by some standards is a terrible contract. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, ninety. He played a total of ninety-seven games over four seasons for Boston on a on a five-year contract. 
Well, I was right. I didn't understand the purpose of the contract and uh, neither did anyone. And there we go. I mean, again, the injuries were not predictable. He didn't have a history of being like that. His previous seasons before coming to Boston, he played 81, 63, 73 games. All right. All right. Well, let's not dwell on that player. I, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night's game. That's going to be great. I'm going to hopefully have this episode out in time. I'm going to work hard on it today. But it is now time for us to talk about the future, as in games. Oh, shit. There was one other thing I wanted to mention because I saw this because, again, I watch a lot of stuff in Sportsnet. Mm-hmm. The headline on Sportsnet now for the us Toronto game was Toronto's only, it's only, you know, four points back of Boston. It's like with three games in hand mm-hmm. and six loser points. Okay. Um, so the point is Boston currently has, has 40 points. Toronto yep. has 36. But Boston's record is 23 and 0. Yep. Toronto's record is 15, 5, and 6. Oh, you mean... Th- um the Bruins are 20 20 and three and okay yeah got it got it yeah yeah, yeah because yeah, the Bruins it. um like, I'm just like why would anyone I understand Toronto media has, it requires taking a taking a severe blow to the back of the head with a baseball bat before you start working in it but like <laughs> how could anyone pretending to be purporting to be national sports media which again sports that's ostensibly doing Yes, yes. Well, since Rogers and Rogers is one of the Rogers and Belco own Toronto, it's fucking bullshit. Media, media companies owning sports teams is complete nonsense. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, okay, so ready? Guess what? If the Bruins played three games and Toronto didn't play any games, so they caught up with Toronto, the Bruins would still be four points ahead of them if they lost every single game. So uh, correct. Yeah. What is so? What is this? Comparison? And also, Toronto's record isn't real because they have six loser points. I hate the loser point. In fact, it is the most loser points in the league. <laughs> uh, no one in the West has that has has more than four, and the their comrades in the East consist of the Rangers, Detroit, and Carolina. Okay, well, those I mean... all have five, so they're still. Like, They've lost their record is in fact actually 15 and 11. That's not good. That's not good. No, no, no. It's still above NHL 500, but not really, but not by a lot. The Bruins took only 23 games to get to 20 wins. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, Toronto has not gotten to 20 wins. Uh, no, they have not. They only have a 15. Right. So, yeah. 26 games yes there there is no comparison but toronto media has to make comparisons and it's like yeah okay sure if the bruins stop playing games right now toronto would probably surpass them but that's not going to happen oh god yeah, the thing, there's the thing is you know the, the, the biggest hockey thing out there is a thing that doesn't involve the least happen <gasps> but how did this affect toronto <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> yeah we were talking about this yesterday uh, in the car i could not have predicted that the bruins would do this this season i didn't know where to put them at all but i did not expect them to be 
atop of the Atlantic uh, at pretty much any time. So this is great. And I'm always glad to be wrong, guys. Always glad. I didn't have them in the cellar, but I didn't know where to put them. So uh, look, keep the winning going. I love goalie hugs and uh, I like a happy team and I like a happy team that when they lose, they just shake it off and they move on to the next game. And that's the best that you can do. Right. So there you go. All right. Games. Okay. So um, we, as we embark on December, it is a busy, busy month. Mm. Um, on account of there, I don't have two days off until the 20th and 21st. I hope they enjoyed the ones they got. Indeed. So um, starting this week, of course, tomorrow night, that is December, December 5th at 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, Eastern at the Garden against the Vegas Bruce Cassidy's. Mm. Okay. Yep. Six to five. Um, follow up one night off and then they go on a bit of a road trip with some obnoxious start times, but it could be worse. Um, starting 7 p.m. on Wednesday, the 7th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Ugh, a 10 p.m. start. I'm not watching that game. <laughs> um, at Colorado. So a rematch of last night's game. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Avs will show up. <laughs> okay and then on friday night that's the 9th um 9 30 p.m eastern gross 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 at arizona oh we're gonna get a look at mullet arena <laughs> i bet it's gonna be fantastic viewing though i i think like the cameras can't be too far off there but on the other hand, cameras aren't designed. Like, there's a certain amount of designing for 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 TV camera. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about that. Anyway, yeah, Arizona, because um, that's totally worth staying up till uh, staying up late to watch a game against the Coyotes in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't know. Okay. Because you are a new father and you have a stubborn little girl, you know, who might just decide she wants to wake up and watch the the Arizona game. You never know. Man, I'm going to like miss all the games this week. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, how dare you have a life? Yeah, I was like, oh, I watched that Friday night game. Like, nope, headed to a concert. Anyone a fan of uh, Big Star? Old school band, big star. I don't know them. Probably, yeah, just me. Um, but it's a tribute to Big Star and uh, REM bass player Mike Mills is in the band. The tribute. Oh, wow, band. Yeah. interesting. Um, so REM might be my favorite band. So couldn't say no to this this uh, this concert. All right. Well, that sounds excellent. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do we want to include and- next Sunday's game? Yeah. Yes, and then. Last on the 11th, that is next Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, an unusual start time for a Pacific time game, which makes that means it's a 5 p.m. local st- local time. I yep. guess some players can catch a show after. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I hope they don't get the Vegas flu. I hope they don't get that. Vegas' news. home record's not been very good, actually. Uh, it appears that the Vegas flu is no longer a thing. I saw in, uh, on some... An art, uh, on an article I read the other day, it's like, huh, weird. 
Um, anyway, that's yeah, 8 p.m. Eastern time at Vegas. Okay. All right. Let's make some soft predictions. Should we include our recalibrated pick for tomorrow? Recalibrated? Well, uh, because we predicted that they would just win. I mean, are we okay with that? We can just skip that. Let's skip it. Okay, let's just do on basically on uh, on Colorado, Arizona, and the other Vegas game. So three games, guys. I'm gonna. I'm finding it hard not to say three and zero here. So I'm just gonna say three and zero. Three one zero. They beat Colorado and Arizona. Second game against Vegas goes to Vegas, I think. Okay. Nick, It'll similarly you... be a very close game. It may be 3-0-1. Okay. I'll go with that, actually. 3-0-1, rather. 3-0-1. And that 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 other, uh, that sh- that loss is an overtime loss or a shootout, and it goes to Vegas, It'll right? be an OT. That'll be an overtime loss. Okay. All right. Um, and by the way, these are our soft predictions, which means they don't mean anything. They we're not, I, I'm not adding them up at the end of the year saying, ha I'm the winner, you know? So um, it's just kind of fun. It's fun for other people to play along. We, we do have people like uh, um, we have player uh, people playing at home who are like, you know uh, you know, I'm a green mountain girl at Debbie Ram. Who's like um, she was two and O for these game, uh, teams. And she was actually right uh, because I spotted everybody, the Tampa mm-hmm. game. So, or, or, I mean, well, anyway, she's two and oh, she's right right now. We have Jason M I, and I am the Batman 19. He was two and one with his head and three and oh, with his heart. So that was really nice. Um, so it's, it's fun to have other people play around with us anyway. Uh, so let's see, Tim, what do you think? <clears throat> I say, so it's three games we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's I uh s- yeah, it's uh Colorado, Arizona and Vegas golden Knights all on the road. Okay. So I think that I think two Oh and one, I think Colorado clips them in a shootout. Ooh. Okay. All right. And what do you think, Nick? This one, uh, I-, I missed last week's podcast. Because originally I was going to have band rehearsal, but then um, I got norovirus and mm. just Google those symptoms. Um, I also want to point out that I uh, was 100% right on my previous prediction that they would lose to the Panthers. Just want to throw that out. Yeah, we did note that, by the way. We did. Go, just, just making sure. Yep. Um, but now um, they'll go against Colorado and Arizona. They'll win and they'll lose to Vegas at Vegas. And I think Vegas wins uh, tomorrow night as well. Ooh. And you think they'll win tomorrow night too? Ooh, baby. Wow, that's that is strong. Okay, I like it. And by the way, I just wanted to say that last week I made a decision to uh to to post the audio of Jeff having to leave. And then he came back uh when he had to take care of his darling stubborn daughter. Uh and you we you obviously saw the reply that we got having, yeah, having at Dr. Hand Grenade leave to put his daughter to sleep reminds me of the days where I did the same to my daughter. Don't blink because soon you'll be dropping her off at college. And I Aww. think it was just a really sweet moment to just show like, Hey, uh, we're people, we have these things going on in our lives. Obviously you're a proud new father. You go on your hands on and that your daughter is so comfortable 
falling asleep. Like you just went up there and you, you just took over and she was asleep like that. That's just comfort. That is safety. That is just all the things that you want to feel. And I just wanted to put that moment in there last week. And that is why I made that editorial decision. So not to like show your private life out to everybody and everything, but I just thought it was just a nice moment to show like, Hey, I got these other things I got to do guys. And people respond to it, which is great. How do you feel? good okay oh i think he's a little for clint oh it's very sweet it's good look we're proud of you jeff you're doing a good job even though maddie is very she has her way and she's gonna have her way for a long time and i think you're gonna have like 18 plus years of that (laughs) but it's good it's good because it, it teaches you to, to learn how to bend and not break. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, but anyway, that's, that's why I decided to do that. So that was a feed, uh, that, that is what we got, uh, back in feedback. And I thought that was wonderful. So with that, I think we're all set. We're all done. Jeff. Okay. Uh, listener, you've been listening to barely on topic. You can find us wherever your favorite podcasts are found. You can follow us on Facebook. We're at Barely on Topic Podcast. And follow us on Twitter. That's at Barely on Topic. And of course, there are individual Twitter accounts. I, for one, am at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. I'm at Nick Baggio. And I am at, I am quietly devastated by the passing of Noodles the Pug. And I hope that his owner, John Graziano, is 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 dealing well with his grief because it's very very sad i i am so sorry dot org also known as that va from my eye <laughs> word that was good that was good i might not have to edit much of that at all <laughs>